The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is the Pick 6 Podcast, and this is Sunday Night Super Friends. That's Will Prince. That's John Breach. I'm Ryan Wilson. This is Sunday Night Super Friends Week 2 NFL Recap 2023 Edition. All right, so here's the plan. We're going to hit on our top 10 takeaways from Week 2. The biggest storylines, the best players, the top plays, suspect coaching decisions. Uh, looking at you, Brandon Staley. And, of course, the overreactions that some might argue fuel this podcast. Remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube at NFL and CBS. Join us in the comments while you're at it. And of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a show. All right, boys, let's get to it. First up, I can't believe we just sit there and watch you. I can't believe we just sit there and watch you type out this whole intro. Very rude. Like we, the people, the people have been waiting. Wilson, the home of Honky Tonk, John Breach, and a Titans team that had lost eight straight games dating back to Week Twelve, the twenty twenty two season. Breach, the cure, of course, the old Los Angeles Chargers. A team breach that racked up 775 yards of offense through two games, but that defense, Brandon Staley's defense, allowed 877 yards, 63 points, and are currently 0-2. And I was going to lead in with the Chargers crap in the bed, but because of the way the Sunday night football game ended, we're going to Foxborough. What a teaser. I know, right? So stay tuned for Breach's hot take on Nashville and hot wings. But Brinson, I'll come to you. It's like a hot chicken take. I love a hot, hot chicken, chicken take. What are we to make? And I said this on HQ. I actually feel pretty good where the where the Patriots are, but they're 0-2. Yeah, I feel a I lot know. better where the Miami Dolphins are. And Tua might be the best player in the NFL through two weeks. That's uh, that's a hot take. Um, I would say that if you look at all the 0-2 teams, I think that the Patriots are probably the best 0-2 team. Maybe you can make the case for the Chargers, but I mean, actually, the Chargers are probably technically the best 0-2 team. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, but I, I do think the Patriots can get back involved in um, in, in the playoffs. Let's race. start with the Dolphins, though. Let's let's go with the winners because we want to be pay homage to the to the team. You asked that me about the Patriots. One. But then I, I finished with two of 
the best player in the NFL. Yeah. I thought that would get you going. Yeah, no, two look, two is playing good football. He's getting the ball out quickly. He's you know largely not making mistakes. I mean, again, I think a pitcher's defense is really good, so I don't I don't blame him for any of the mistakes that happened uh, there. But like Belichick definitely adjusted. The defense stepped up. It sort of it feels like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the Dolphins have a good running game, and they have an electric playmaker. Belichick said, I'm, I'm going to squat on the deep shots, not let you beat me down the field, and, and Tua beat him anyway and moved to 5-0. and oh. The only quarterbacks. Tua breach. Tua took up a yeah, John right Elway there. and Jake Plummer, 5-0, and 4-0, oh, and 3-0, oh, and oh, including the playoffs. Undefeated quarterbacks against Bill Belichick in multiple games. So, Breach, here's a fun fact, and I want to get your thoughts on maybe what we learned about the Dolphins, because I feel like, Mike McDaniel's hitting his stride in year two, whereas the guy we're going to talk about in a second, Brandon Staley, is moonwalking his way out of the NFL. But Bill Belichick is known for taking away your team's best player. Tyreek now in six straight games has had fewer than 100 receiving yards, and it did not matter on Sunday night. So what does that tell you about what Mike McDaniel's been able to do in a pretty short period of time? Uh, it tells you that Mike McDaniel taught a master class in Foxborough, man. He outcoached. The old sly fox, Bill Belichick. It was, it's, and he did this last week. Mike McDaniel is this next level coach that maybe we're not fully appreciating because we're all thinking about the Tua injuries and the Dolphins clap last year, which I don't think you can completely put on McDaniel because of the Tua injury. But when he has all his weapons, this guy is an awesome coach. And I think if you he's, watch he's the, the favorite, Dolph- to, he's the favorite to win the MVP now, five to one uh, at FanDuel. Uh, I mean, Patrick as- Holmes. Wilson said he's been the best player in the NFL through two weeks, and FanDuel obviously agrees with him. But here's the thing. If you would have gone into this game and you told someone that uh, – you told a Patriots fan that Jalen Waddell was going to finish with under 90 yards, Tyreek Hill wasn't even going to have 45 yards, uh, so your top two receivers are almost shut down, they would have been thrilled and probably assumed they were going to win – But what's Miami do? They're like, you know what? We'll just give the Brock to Raheem Mostert and we'll see what happens. And it's it's just another weapon. There's just weapons everywhere. There's just the AFC's version of the 49ers. So I I was going to say, I think what's really interesting too is that you look at what the Patriots game plan was and they they come out on defense and they're playing three deep, right? And they're like, look, we're not letting you beat us over the top with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And I think when you see what the Dolphins did, okay, so one of two things happened. Either Mike McDaniel was aware that that's what Belichick was going to do because he studied the tape and he looked at the tendencies and he knows what Belichick Belichick wants to take away your best player, or he adjusted in game. And I think the answer is that he knew what Belichick was going to try to do, and so he'd come up with a game plan that we're going to try and run the ball. We're going to tour. You're going to take what you can get from the Patriots in terms of the in terms of defensive of what they're showing you. You're going to get the ball out quickly, and we're we're going to you know dink and dunk down the field. And that's exactly what the, what the Dolphins did. They took a couple shots, but mostly short throws, quick throws, let Raheem Mostert run, and Raheem Mostert ran really well. Uh, Savan Ahmed, Ahmed ran uh, well as well. Uh, 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 Devin Achain, A-Chain? I always pronounce his name wrong. A-Chain. A-Chain was, uh, was out there too. And as such, the Dolphins moved to uh, 2-0 for the first time since 2001 and 2002. They're trying to get to 3-0 for the first time since 94. 95 or 90, 94 through 96, I guess. Um, it's the most yards, 924 yards a season through two games in team history. Wilson, uh, it, it should come as no surprise that just as the Dolphins are starting to become this juggernaut in the NFL, I mean, you look, you, I'm, t- I'm just saying, you produce this podcast, your team wins, your team wins, right? Hey, that's a nice what way a segue. Brenton. That's so, right. You have a surprise for the people. 
there is no better time than a huge week to win in prime time than to introduce new pick six podcast producer harry swartow hey how y'all doing everybody everybody who's watching meet harry harry meet everybody there's some nice people out there. I'm sure there's some weirdos too. We, we love them all. Um, Harry is a big Dolphins fan and is uh, taking over producing the podcast. Debo is also listening. If you want to rag the Eagles in the chat, uh, type Harry in the chat and, uh, and let him say hello to him. Uh, Harry, tell the people about yourself and give us a quick breakdown of the, uh, of the Dolphins. Well, easiest thing to tell you about me is I'm a huge Dolphins fan. I'm a huge Tua <laughs> fan. So I'm going to try to set the balance of this podcast at a little different pitch. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that the Dolphins have going for them, which they didn't have last year, is an offensive line that doesn't collapse. You have and, – and Taron Armstead has not been playing. He's been out both games. You yep. have Kendall Lamb at left tackle. He's been playing out of his mind. You have Isaiah Wynn left guard. He is a cast off from the Patriots. We stole him, and it was his revenge game. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Austin Jackson – who is a, a cast-aside first-round pick who we didn't think was going to go anywhere, and all of a sudden, he's been playing great. Did he have his laps? Yeah, on the uh, Tua interception in the end zone, he kind of just watched Matt Judon w- walk by him. But by and large, this group, coached by Butch Berry, a cast-off himself who was unceremoniously kicked off of Denver last year, who was terrible at offensive lining. Uh, so, like, I think that, you know, keeping Tua upright, Blowing open holes for their super fast running backs guy, and 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 also uh, Erica Ezukanma, uh, who has been given the ball in a Debo Samuel light role. Was, was that wow. was that was that Tua's first sack? Like the first time he that was the sack? first sack of the year. He went we first sack of the year. last week, and he's only been. I want to say he's been knocked down three times total. So the man has been touched four times. And you know he's done. I was I was reading this sort of look at the stats was like Mike McDaniel used his legs, like almost designed run stuff. But I, but I sort of, or, but it's like, I sort of wonder if it's like the old theory about with Cam Newton, where instead of trying to hold the ball behind the line and run and like run around behind, like, like use your legs and like, just be proactive. Cause that way you can avoid the hitch. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. like c- catching the hits uh, when you're, Oh, yeah, they go. Lucas has a Brinson sucks hat on display. Uh, you think <laughs> the Brinson sucks hat is cool. Harry shows the custom uh, Dolphins Jersey that you have and that you own. Finkel is Einhorn, and today's for Dolphins jersey. Laces out, to, and and the one thing if you're gonna if you're gonna slag the Dolphins for one thing this game, it was Jason Sanders getting a kick blocked, which may not have been his fault because Bill Belichick drew up a crazy Madden play where they just ran a guy in from offside. Yeah, uh, but the other what the, he he misses fifty yard kicks. Just yeah, go for it. Just go for it. Other than that, clean Dolphins game. No notes. No notes. I would like to no point notes. out that I, I jokingly asked Harry if he had a Ray Finkel jersey, thinking for sure that the answer would be no. <laughs> That's true. He looks at me, his eyes light up, and he's like, let me Actually. go in my closet real quick, uh, and comes back with a Ray Finkel jersey. So I was shocked. I will probably be breaking into his house at some point and stealing it. Uh, <laughs> you're you're there right now, that, let's be honest. I know, <laughs> no, look, Harry, you should, you should next know. Next door in an Airbnb. You should know this is this is true. Now look, you're the first podcast producer of the Pick Six podcast to not be an Eagles fan, which Ooh. I mean, thank God. Uh, but also, when Debo was producing, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, and then when Billy was producing, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. So just so you know, it's it's, it's just good. It's a good omen. Like the From Dolphins, your lips to God's ears, man. This maybe I'm, I'm, I'm here for the ride. Yeah, Let's absolutely. 
All right, Harry, let's put you on the spot here. Uh, how many games are the Dolphins winning? 12. Ooh. Over do, the Dolphins, do, they, do, do they win the division? Easily. Oh. Ooh. I think they win the division by at least a full game, and I think they wrap it up one week early. I think that the last game is, is a rest. So, Harry, here's where, uh, here's where I give you some bad news. Now, I'm a huge to a supporter. I said last week on this podcast that I thought he deserved Joe Burrow money. Uh, Joe Burrow deserved Tua Tagovailoa current money for being honest about it. We'll get to that in a second. But we did a bold prediction not- show a week. <laughs> Let's not get into it. A week and a half ago, we did a bold prediction show. And John Breach, I'll let you break the news to Harry. What was your bold prediction about the Miami Dolphins? Well, my bold prediction was that they would finish with a nine and eight record, and Harry and? said twelve and five. So it's not a huge difference that they would that's, finish in last place. Three games is a pretty big but difference. I was sold after last week. I was my mind already changed. I'm, oh, I'm on the Dolphins bandwagon. I'm Team Harry. You're, you're leaving out the punchline. What was your bold prediction? I already said it. They picked the Dolphins to finish in last place before the season started. That's Dick Vitale. We play. I play Dick Vitale when we dunk on people. Also, uh, you should know, Harry. Just like a couple of vocabulary terms here. Uh, wins over Wilson is Ryan's made-up uh, way of like basically saying like, 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 like. What, wins over Wilson as the Dolphins winning how many games, Wilson? Oh, they're they're going sixteen and 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 one. I feel pretty good about the Dolphins. I'm a huge Tua supporter. Like I said, I think he deserves Joe Burrow money. And I, again, the odds agree with me. He's been the best player in the NFL through two weeks. Wins over Wilson malfunctions after midnight. <laughs> if, 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 if Tua plays all 17 games or even plays like 15 games, I think that there's a really good chance that he uh, will be in the top three MVP. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because of the weapons he has, how well he's played in this McDaniel system. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's exciting. All right, uh, Harry, you get out of here. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're pumping we out Harry. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's going to do a great job. Uh, we'll be producing all these shows. Wilson, you famously dragged Justin Herbert before the draft, unlike me. That's true. So one down, the Dolphins are the winners. I'll say quickly, I think the, the Patriots actually look pretty good for another two team, but that's a conversation we'll have later uh, throughout the season. But uh, Mac Jones. Well, oh, oh, really, really quick, really quickly. Oh, two team that you. Bengals, Chargers, or Patriots? Which 0-2 team is more likely to make the playoffs? Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Patriots, I think. It, it, they're all, you're in bad shape. I mean, as Breach knows, last season the Bengals started 0-2, went to the conference championship game. No team in the history of the universe has ever gone 0-2 in back-to-back years and gone to the playoffs the second time. So that's uh, stacked against them. All right, on to number two. So Breach, I'll finally come to you with that Oh, well, I was, can, I, can, I, can I just comment on the Patriots really quickly? We're supposed to move on, but go ahead. I just, I would, I just, just while we're here, because I, I think it matters. Like, I think, the, I mean, like, I'm not trying to like prop up the Patriots and be like, oh, the Patriots is a great Patriots team. I think like, they could easily be two and oh. Um, they just oh, have I like, agree, some, 100%. like, it feels like those games were a lot closer, but then this, this is also the NFL when you are like when you don't have Tom Brady and you were playing with like these margins. And so, like, you look at the Falcons, right? And we'll talk about them. They're two and oh, but they've won these, like, you know, they, it's not like dominant fashion. Like you don't feel like, oh, this team is just destroying people. Like the Dolphins could easily be 0-2. The Patriots could be 2-0. Now, don't get me wrong. The Dolphins outplayed the Patriots. But I think this Patriots defense is playing really good football. I think they're going to be a problem week in and week out. And Mac Jones, to me, has looked 
way, way, way better the last two weeks than he did the entirety of 2022. And I, I think they've got something cooking, but you lose two in Foxborough. I think this uh, Rich Eisen maybe tweeted this out the first time they've started 0-2 at home uh, to start the season since 1975. Last time they were 0-2 to start the season was uh, 2001 when they did go to the Super Bowl uh, with Tom Brady. I, I just feel like it's it, it, they really needed to get one of these, you feel like, to, to be in a spot breach. Uh, I'll just say real quick, you mentioned Tom Brady's name because it's funny. The one issue the Patriots have is that the offense hasn't been able to come up with that clutch final drive. They had the ball with the chance to tie or win, and each of their first two games didn't do it. Maybe uh, you, you need to add some playmakers. It just seems like you know Mac Jones is playing well. Uh, defense is fine. Offense just needs to figure out who those clutch guys are. <laughs> <laughs> a bug just flew my throat. Oh my god! Wait, 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 wait. I, swallow, I swallowed a bug. I'll just say you just quickly. Swallowed, you just swallowed a bug on air. I'll just say quickly. Kayshawn Booty gets his foot down. That Eagles game is much closer. Drink some water, breach. And Cole Strange tried his darndest to get that third down conversion or fourth down conversion. You okay? Yeah, I like that. We, I like we zoomed right. in on breach. Wait, was it really a bug? I don't know what it was. All right, on to the Chargers. Breach coming back to you if you're able to breathe. If not, just give us a hand sign and we'll go to Brinson. Brandon Staley, I've been propping this dude up for going on three years now. He's killing me. Uh, Justin Herbert's not the problem. Kellen Moore's not the problem. Brandon Staley, defensive mastermind, appears to be the problem. Breach, tell me what's going to happen. Look at your crystal ball and tell me what's going to happen to Brandon Staley. But you didn't spit the bug out, though. What 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 happened to the bug? Did you swallow the bug? It went straight down my throat. I didn't have a choice. I choked on it. You swallowed the a lot of protein, bug. though. It's a lot of protein, so I'm I'm in a good shape. It's not a uh, wait. What, what was the question here, Wilson? What was the question? You were choking harder than Andy Dalton in the playoffs, dude. Uh, I was waiting for. Something. <laughs> I believe he asked you about Brandon Staley and the crappy uh, Chargers defense. So look into your crystal ball and tell me what Brandon Staley's future looks like pre Halloween and fittingly enough after the clown show that is Halloween and the Chargers. Well, I'm glad we went from the Dolphins to the Chargers because, uh, you know, I obviously had the Dolphins missing the playoffs so already made fun of me, but I had the Chargers missing the playoffs because Man, Brandon Staley seems like he's kind of the problem and they haven't fixed that problem. And that's how you lose uh, two straight games that you probably should have won. They probably should have beaten the Dolphins week one. They probably should have beaten the Titans in week two. And it's not even necessarily the defense that gives me the biggest issues here. It's that like, Brandon Staley's having an identity crisis. This guy, his first year, it was the most aggressive coach going for it on fourth down all the time. There was a point in this game, I think it was early in the second quarter, the Chargers had a fourth and one. On the 44. From the 44-yard line. And I'm like, surely Brandon Staley (laughs) will go for this. And nope, the punt team comes out, and I'm just like, are you serious? You're putting Brandon Staley, the guy who went, used to go for it, who went for it on fourth and three from your own 20 with a playoff spot on the line against the Raiders a couple years ago. You're going for You're putting on fourth and one. And at that point, it was just like, they're going to lose this game because this guy has just lost it. Like he, he's second guessing himself. It just seems like he's one of those things where you failed once and now you don't know what to do. And I don't think. Blowing that Chargers loss or the Jags loss help. It's just a disaster. Maybe a bug, maybe a bug flew down his throat, like on the sidelines. It's possible. So, so the Chargers are the first team in the Super Bowl era to score 50 plus points in their first two games, not have a single turnover in those two games, and go 0 and 2. They've actually seen uh and Brandon Staley now. Uh, I don't know where, where we're getting these odds from, but he is the favorite. Uh he's the favorite coming in to this week to be the first coach fired. 
I think with the Kelly, with Kellen Moore on that staff, that really becomes problematic, especially if the offense is playing well. Um, look, they got they got completely gashed by Tua Tagovailoa and Tyreek Hill last week in the passing game. Right, this is a team where Brady Steele's defense for you know for for however long he's been there has been a, has been bad on, on uh, stopping the run. And they they like now they stink at stopping the pass. Ryan Tannehill had the worst week of any quarterback in the NFL last week. I mean, he went like he, he completed like seven passes and, and threw three interceptions. And he comes out and he goes 20 of 24 for 246 and a touchdown. And it's not like the Titans were moving the ball all over the place. Do you know how many times they scored 27 points in overtime? Kind of the field goal to win the game. Wilson, do you know how many times last year the Tennessee Titans scored more than 27 points? I know they're lost eight in a row coming into this year, so it couldn't have been very many. I'll go with zero. They scored 27 points once and scored more than 21 points, I think, like three times. This is a team that – and they didn't exactly load up on offense. This is a team that has scored 15 points against the Saints last week. It is not a good offense. And they – the Chargers come to town. And, again, we saw it with Staley where they had – it was, I think it was three minutes and 38 seconds left. They get the ball. It's, it's, uh, they're down, they're down three. And they like just saunter and meander and, and wander their way down to score. And I understand you want to use up the clock. You don't want to give Tennessee a chance to tie it up, but like you're one, your defense is supposed to be good. It's not. Uh, and then two, it's like just taking your time. And all of a sudden it's, it's a third and three from, or third and third and three from the seven, I think. And Herbert gets sacked, and then they have to kick the field goal. They go to overtime. They drop back. And they've been digging and dunking. They drop back three times in overtime, try to take deep shots. All three are incomplete. And next thing you know, you're punting to Tennessee. They march. They they take. They run three plays. It's third and one. Derrick Henry's not on the field. And Brandon Staley calls a timeout because his defense is unorganized. The Titans use that moment to let Derrick Henry get rested, running back on the field. He converts a third down. Four plays later, they're kicking a field goal to win the game. This guy is this this he should be minus two fifty to be the first coach fired. His seat should be scorching, and this and the cheap ass Chargers really screwed up because Sean Payton desperately. And I know Sean Payton's zero two too, but like if you put Herbert with him, he'd be much better. Say, hold on here. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like he like Sean Payton desperately wanted this job. This offense, this team would be much better with Sean Payton than it is with Brandon Staley. And instead, he's with the Broncos now. And they just didn't want to deal with, you know, Tom Telesco didn't want to deal with the power struggles. They didn't want to deal with paying two coaches. And now it's going to bite him in the ass because they, like, they're going to have to fire. I mean, like, if this thing doesn't get turned around quick, they're going to have to fire Brandon Staley. So, Breach, let me run this by you because uh, as we're learning more about our, our dude, Harry, huge Dolphin supporter, he mentioned this in the rundown. Is Justin Herbert anti-clutch? And I was like, in the moment, I was like, I get it. Because the last two drives, the last two games, Justin Herbert hasn't been up to what Tua was up to. Or in the case of the Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, what they were able to, to get uh, down the stretch and then Nick, Nick Folk's uh, game-winning field goal in overtime. Is Justin Herbert, John Breach, anti-clutch? Well, I kind of was going down this road last week uh, after the Chargers-Dolphins game when the Chargers offense uh, had the chance to drive down and all they needed in that game was a field goal and they couldn't do that. They promptly went, I think, five plays, turned the ball over, game over. So it was like, eh, <laughs> the Dolphins defense is good. Maybe this was fluky. It's the first game. Who knows? 
Same situation this week in overtime. The Chargers get the ball first. All you have to do is drive down, get a touchdown, you win. At least get a field goal, do something. What do you do? You promptly go three and out. So I do think there's something to be said for these clutch situations. And I know you know people rank quarterbacks as far as arm strength, accuracy, and Justin Herbert has all the tools you want in a quarterback. He is a very good quarterback. But if you asked me who I had to choose as my quarterback for a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter with my team down six points, I don't yes. know that Justin Herbert is in the top seven. I mean, he had, he had five he had five game winning drives each of the last two years and uh, nine total fourth quarter comebacks in the last two years as well. Oh, for two this just, year. Right. Let me ask you about what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? No, look, that's, Emory, that's, Emory calls him right. Beachbody Stafford. He calls him Beachbody Stafford because he's like like a West. I mean, because you know Stafford the Lions. He just he thinks he's a stat pattern too, like just somebody who just. He's bah. not a stat pattern, but let me ask you this. I'll ask you, Brentson, because Breach is too close to Nashville. This this will be too hot to handle for him. If we do the old Wilson wins over Wilson trade a and you give Mike Vrabel coaching the Chargers, that team the Chargers looks are a two lot no. Char- yeah, the Chargers are, are, yeah. are so super. The Chargers also beat the Titans forty-one to thirteen. Yeah. If it's Vrabel on the Chargers, and that's and the that's the math Titans. So this right. is this is this is a pretty crazy stat too. Uh, most three hundred yard passing games in your first four seasons, and obviously Herbert is only two games into his his fourth season. Patrick Mahomes twenty six. In those 26 games, he went 21 and five. Kurt Warner, 26. In those games, he went 22 and four. Uh, Dan Marino, 22. He went 16 and six. Justin Herbert, 23. He was 12 and 11. Like that is, I, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say this is like a QB wins thing or whatever. It's just like this dude is putting up monster numbers and just the wins aren't coming. It, do, it does feel very like Stafford-esque in the sense of like the team doesn't win despite the quarterback playing well, except the Lions had a terrible roster. I mean, yeah, they had uh, Calvin Johnson, and that, and that was great for a while. And the defense was pretty good with Jim Schwartz's coaching, but like when they had a Dominican Sue and Cliff Averill. But like this Chargers team is loaded. This roster is slammed with talent. Like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. You got two decent tight ends in Donald Parham and Gerald Everett. You got Rashawn Slater, an All Pro. Like you got Rookie of the Year votes on the left, like at left tackle. You got Joey Bosa. You got Derwin James. There's so much talent on this team, and they just can't win. But that also goes to Wilson's point about is is the culprit Staley, who apparently has no idea how to run his defense, or Herbert not being clutch. I would definitely lean more towards Staley. So right. I'm not like pinning this on Herbert by any means or saying he's not clutch. I'm just saying that he has had opportunities to win each of the Chargers games this year. He's not come through. But I think this is more on Staley than anyone else. Yeah. Like by the way, joke's on Staley because here's the deal. You knew what charging was before you took the job. job. That yep. team has been charging like no one's business. And he even All said right. they weren't going to charge her anymore. He wasn't going to think about it. So joke's He said on that him. out loud? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're going to use the phrase. It's like he tried to pull a dab out. Like, we're not going to say Clemsoning anymore. It's like, no, dude, you're a charger. You're, you're going to charge I think her. the kids say uh, they have the receipts. All right. I'm going to take a quick break when we come back. I'm going to fill up my cup while we take a break. And poor old John Breach is going to tell us on the other side. Will the Bengals be okay? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Johnny B. Bad. The Bengals have been bad these two weeks. Last week, we just talked about it. Last year, we just talked about it a moment ago. They started 0-2, went to the conference championship game. This looks like a different team, and I don't want to panic, and you're much closer to the situation than I am. Uh, I'm Steelers Summer, you're a Bengals fan. Uh, Shout out to our guy, Jim Breach. But here's the thing. Fruit of the podcast. Joe Burrow has been terrible in the first two games. ACL injury, appendectomy, and then the calf injury the last three years. So he has been slow starting, and uh, he has played in his career breach, based on my Wins over Wilson Matt. Three preseason snaps. Now, that plus the injuries probably has something to do with what we're seeing here. But the weather game in, in Cleveland was troubling. But, okay, it's the weather. He has struggled against the – or Lamar Jackson, I should say, has been really good against the Bengals. Where are you on this Bengals team? Are they going to be okay? Do you want my optimistic point of view first or my optimistic honest, honest point of view? Honest well, point of view. They, they kind of mesh, Okay. So optimistic breach says a lot of the stuff you just pointed out. Look, Joe Burrow has a career record of one in seven in the first two weeks of the season. Doesn't play in the preseason. They lose. That's it. I mean, end of story. They're Irwin two last year, as you mentioned. One in seven is not great, as we all know. But they (laughs) rebound every year, and they're always fine. We saw it last year, obviously, getting the playoffs. Wilson already mentioned the stat, though. No team has ever started 0-2 two seasons in a row and made the playoffs in both seasons. So obviously that is a little concerning. So as far as that goes, it's like, and eh, you know, Joe Burrows spends the first two weeks knocking the rust off. That's just what he does. He, he wasn't good at all until the fourth quarter of week two last season. Uh, so on that sense, it's like, eh, I'm not concerned. That being said, I am actually way more concerned than I was last week when I was a negative three. I wasn't even on the chart yet. Right now I'm a five, <laughs> which is mid-level, but I went up eight points. So that's a lot of going up and concern. Number one, it's not just that they're 0-2. It's that they lost the two division rivals. They lost two division yeah. games. So that's more concerning than it was last year when they only lost one division game. Uh, number two, it looks like Joe Burrow possibly – Reaggravated, reaggravated his calf injury. Well, guess what? Maybe what? if you didn't play him in week one or week two and just let that thing heal all the way through, this would not be an issue because you're 0-2 anyway at this point. You would have been 0-2 if you let your backup quarterback play. And it just seemed like the Bengals were in such a rush to get him back. And I know how badly he wanted to play, especially, especially after getting that contract. And it would have been crazy had he been benched uh, or, or not started because they were going to let him heal. But now this is a thing that's going to linger. Calf injuries don't heal if you're playing on them. And if he's playing, then it's just going to be bothering him all season. And then you look at what else is happening with Joe Burrow. This is from our research team. It is a great stat. Joe Burrow is 0 of 12 this season on passes that travel 15 or more yards mm. in the air. He is the only quarterback who has started two games uh, who has zero completions with uh, uh, 15 air yards. So he can't throw the ball downfield right now, which is also a concern. Maybe he's trying to get it out quicker because he doesn't want to take these hits because he knows the cap is bad. So 
it is definitely much more concerning than last year. But again, one in seven through the first two weeks. He's never been good in the first two weeks. I will be uh, triple more concerned if they get smoked in week three. Uh, but right now, it's I'm a five. So, what do you think, Brenton? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think I, if I'm on a scale of one to ten here, I think it's I think probably a five. I I didn't see the injury, so I, and I, I don't know what the like, I don't know what the exact because um, because the game is over, you know, just I shifted my attention to other stuff. I don't know exactly what the prognosis is there. I do think if is his right calf or left calf? I think it's right. I would say. I, you know, I'm not a quarterback, I'm not a doctor, but man, if you're struggling to push the ball down the field. Right calf injury definitely something that could play into that because you're, 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 you're stepping back. You're, you're, you're yeah, you're stepping back. You're trying to push off and drive down the field, and he has looked a little off. I I did think in the so we as as you guys could probably guess when we're in our Slack chat, our Slack group chat, uh, and and someone's team is performing poorly. <laughs> no one's like uplifting them. Like we're like dunking on breach left and right. Like, like ripping the Bengals. Like it's Joe Burrow wash. And I, you know, I love Joe Burrow, but it's like, we're, we're ripping the Bengals. And then it's like, after, you were like, well, he started turning it on last year in week two around like the fourth quarter. And like, right when he said that, I thought Burrow started playing a lot different. I thought the pace they used was better. And so I sort of wonder if this is a case of what we've seen the last couple of years where the Bengals come out, they run the ball a bunch. They try to be the sort of methodical. They try to like not put Burrow at risk. And eventually it's like kind of panic time and they sort of have to just let Burrow uncork. And that's when he starts to get going and he plays well. Um, the, the re-injury thing is, is very concerning. I think this next four weeks uh, between now and October 15th is, is massive, massive, massive for the Bengals in terms of the schedule. So they're at Monday night, uh, September 25th. They are hosting the Rams. or they're, Yeah, they're hosting the Rams. That's the Rams. We'll talk about the Rams in a minute. I think the Rams look a lot better. That's not a freebie. Um, the week after that, they're coming to Nashville. I'm sure you'll be there in attendance breach um, on Sunday to play the Titans. You know, you both of those games, you feel like they'll be, they'll be favored and should win really kind of need to win. Then you're at the Cardinals and then you get the Seahawks at home. Like, I think you have to go three and one in those four games breach or else you're in, in your, your, your panic scales up to like 10. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that they have to go three and one. Uh, They're in a bad the, way. Let's go into the bye. Bye. Look, at, dude, coming out of the bye, you're at San Francisco and Buffalo at home. Like that, that's probably one and one best case scenario. So if you go two and two, you're two and four, and all of a sudden you're three and five going into week ten. Now you can beat the Texans at home, and you get to you get a four and five, but like. Now, the AFC's landscape has shifted, too, because we don't think the Jets are a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers out. Um, that helps. Uh, you know, the Chiefs are, are one and one. The Jaguars are one and one. Like, there's nobody, you know, there's nobody really separating in a crazy way. The Ravens, 2-0. Oh. Um, you know, the, the Raiders are in first place in that division. The, you know, the Dolphins now 2-0. Oh. But, but, like, the AFC is not as – the teams that we thought would be really good didn't come out and, like, win both of their games is what I'm saying. But I, I still think – you can't go. You would like not to go two and two in those games. Yeah, I mean, you want to be. You want to win in week three. You don't want to drop to zero and three. That's all right. I would be concerned about. If hey, Breach, um, let me ask you this before we get just look before we look too far down the road. Uh, explain to me why Jamar Chase hasn't been featured more, and also that interception Joe Burrow threw at the goal line is the most un-Joe Burrow interception I've seen going back to his LSU days. So 
that doesn't seem to me to be a function of a cap. It seems to be a function of not seeing Geo, Geo Stone. Do you have any insight on what happened in those two situations? No, that was an interception you don't usually see Joe Burrow throw, where he just either lost sight of the defender or got fooled. And either one of those is not ideal. Uh, usually his interceptions because he's chucking it downfield, trying to make a play, and then the quarter makes right. a good play in a man-to-man situation. And that just wasn't what happened here. I mean, Burrow thought he had someone wide open, and the defender made a good play. And and the thing is, as bad as the Bengals were today, you know, you had Joe Burrow obviously throwing that interception down inside, down at the goal line, is that they still had a chance to win this game. I mean, it was still a close game. And I think if you're the Bengals, that's probably the one small silver lining. Uh, but there are not many silver linings here. No, they're hard to find. And, um, by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube, please take a look at my shiny dome because it is something to behold. I need some powder on that bad boy. Uh, three down. Can somebody make fun of it? Real quick, someone asked uh, Joe Burrow stats last year versus this year. Yeah. Last year, first two games, he threw for 537 yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions. This year, only 304 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the only positive change is that he's only been sacked three times through two weeks. Last year, he got sacked. 13 times through two weeks. So the offensive line's doing their end. That's the, that's the worst part is that the offensive line's doing okay and, and he still can't do anything. Yeah, that's a that's a sad story and one that I don't feel bad about because my Steelers are terrible. All right, moving on to point four. Brenton, I'm coming to you. The Bills and the Chiefs will be just fine, question mark, after a uh, convincing win by the Bills over the, the Raiders in Orchard Park and the Chiefs outlasted a very good Jaguars team down in Jacksonville. Are you feeling better about one team than the other? About the same with both? What do you got? So I had the uh, Bills as one of my best bets on our uh, on our uh, pick show on Thursday. Um, went four and one this week. Uh, Patriots are the one loser. Very close to a, a full sweep, so very excited about that. So if that. you would not have picked against Harry's Dolphins, you would have gone five and zero. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually. I didn't actually. Think, yeah, lesson learned. I didn't really think through that whole process. Uh, one of my bets was the Bills, who were minus nine, and um, you know the the point made about the Bills was if Buffalo had done what Buffalo should do against Zach Wilson and Josh Allen hadn't turned the ball over four times then the Bills would have been like 12-point favorites against the Raiders. They still would have covered because they won 38-10, to 10, and they beat the living crap out of them. This, I thought this is a quintessential week two, oh, right, let's settle down, everyone take a breath game. The Bills Let me ask got, you something. Did you, did you watch this game relatively Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, do you want to ask me a question? You want to keep going? I want to ask you, did, did it feel like to you, because this is what it felt like to me, that Josh Allen made a concerted effort to not be Josh Allen and up like he did in week one? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, he wanted I, – I think it was a case of – so they're playing the Jets last week, and he couldn't get anything, and he couldn't be patient, and he couldn't take his time. And then against the, the, the Raiders, he's just like – I think he knew, like, I don't need to go get this. Like, I can just – I can sort of have whatever I want. I mean, James Cook ran 17 times for 123 yards. Damian Harris and Latavius Murray both scored a rushing touchdown. Allen, 31-37. Uh, now is, has three games in, as, a, as a Bills quarterback, 80% completion, three pass touchdowns, zero interceptions. Had two. If the Raiders had been competitive on offense and had scored more than 10 points, Josh Allen would have thrown for like 600 yards. Like he was getting whatever he wanted. The Raiders just didn't have the interest or any ability to get involved in this game. Um, they went, uh, they marched down the field on their first drive. 
And then promptly, you know, if I play 75 yards of a touchdown, I was like, oh, Las Vegas is going to come here and play around. And then the rest of the game, they have 34 plays, three points, and three turnovers. They nothing. The Bills defense shut them down, played great football. I think this, I think this is a perfect, okay, the Jets sort of have my number right now. I don't have to worry about them too much. Let's get home. Let's get right. Very efficient, very versatile, very varied in, in their approach, both like on defense and offense. And, um, I, you know, I think this is a – the Dolphins look great, but Buffalo to me, I still think um, I would I would be wanting to bet them to win the division. And then – Yeah, I get that. Uh, Casey and Jacksonville, and you can tell – I mean, do you want to you wait on Casey or do you want to just go ahead and double down on it? Uh, let me ask Breach, and then you can struggle back because oh. you're, you're a huge Jacksonville supporter. So, Breach, I'll ask you two questions. Do you think that Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey are important to what the Chiefs do to need to win, <laughs> number one? And number two, do you feel better after week two about the Chiefs or the Bills? Uh, I think I feel better about – I was never worried about the Chiefs. It was. Just, it felt like once what? Travis Kelsey gets back out there, they're going to be okay. fine. I never thought at any point during this game that Jacksonville was going to win. I, I mean, it, did, really? it didn't. It did not feel that way. They were up three nothing, huh. I think, for a little bit, but at no point did I think the Chiefs were going to lose. There were there there a single point score. There were a single point scored the first quarter in this game. By the way, I just want to say one thing quickly, Breach, and then go on. You say that, but if the inline in the Jaguars' end zone was moved back five inches, they would have won by forty points because Travis, uh, Trevor Lawrence had four touchdowns that were out by an inch and a half. So it was closer than maybe the score indicated. Well, maybe Jacksonville needs to get a normal with practice field to get Trevor Lawrence back in line. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I mean, Ridley, hit the, Ridley hit the goalpost and had to leave the game. Calvin uh, Ridley did. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's a little concern with the Chiefs because their offense still is not uh, just moving on all cylinders like it did the past few years. And, yeah, Patrick Mahomes – for over 300 yards but it was not a pretty 300 yards uh so i mean like i'm a little eh, i'm not worried and and the bills too okay. I, I, like josh allen all i want to see was if josh allen gets through this game without throwing an interception then and the bills win then it's all over last year last I mean, week was just overreacting i'll ask you this question breach and then brinson you can follow up with the jaguars so breach i have no concerns about Tua playing outside the confines of the offense. My concerns with Tua are the injuries. And I say this as a, a conversation about who wins that division. My concern with Josh Allen is the one that we had, what, four years ago where he threw the ball behind his head in that Texans playoff loss. Like, are we going to see that guy? Like, is it just a matter of time before he snaps or is he going to be able to control himself and play within the confines of Ken Dorsey's offense? No, nah, that's what he's going to do. I think that okay. they probably sat him down and said, hey, don't make any dumb turnovers and we're going to win because right. we're much more yeah. talented than most teams we play. He didn't make any dumb turnovers. They won 38 to 10. And that's going to be, they're just going to point to this film the whole year. Like, look, you played within the confines of the <laughs> offense. We won 38 to 10. You went 13 for 13 on your first 13 passes. You completed 13 in a row, which you probably had never done in your life before that. So, yeah, I think Josh Allen looks good. And we're not well, going to see, I, I, he will not have another four turnover game. Wilson, you, you don't have a brother, right? You don't. This year. No. Yeah, but breach, breach. You got you have breach. You have like fourteen brothers. I've 14, got, a, I've, got a, I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a younger brother. Um, and like the thing shout about the, the, shout out to Charlie Brinson. Yeah. Um, the thing about brothers is like they know you know your your brothers. They know how to push your buttons. They know exactly what's going to make. <laughs> Wait a second. The thing about brothers, they're brothers. But, but I mean, like you're literally like you could not be more closely related, right? Like, and it's and brothers know how to push each other's buttons. And I feel like the Jets and Josh Allen or the Jets and the Bills and the, the Jets defense and Josh Allen are basically like brothers who are like three years apart. 
and the Jets have sort of figured out what annoys Josh Allen, and they're just pushing his buttons, and he's like, you know, like eventually, if this happens to me, it happens to Charlie, it happens to my dad when we're all hanging out together, eventually you just kind of lose your bleep, and you snap, and you scream at like somebody, you're like, I just, just shut up about that, and I think that's where Josh Allen was on Monday night, where he's like, he just sort of lost it, and couldn't take it anymore, he was trying to force stuff down the field, and he's but wait, let me let me ask you quickly this. So you and Charlie are annoyed at one another. You both go to the bar to have a beer. Charlie tells your buddy, hey, tell Brinson this. It'll get him super fired up and he's going to watch him explode. And my point is that, well, the other teams around the league can watch what the, the Jets did and perhaps try to harass Josh Allen that same way. Brent Breach seems convinced that Josh is fixed. You're convinced that he's not going to have. A, I think a, I think the Jets back. are like his script. So like when, I, okay. when we're at my we're at my parents' house, um, holidays, whatever. I will, you know, I've, I've got a nine-year-old and Robbie's with me and, you know, nine-year-olds aren't clean and I'll clean up behind him, but Charlie will come and be like, um, I'm just going to go ahead and put this, uh, this, uh, this plate in the dishwasher since you left it out. I'm like, Charlie, like go F yourself. Like I'm going to get it in a second. I had to get the kid My in bed. Well, no, it's just like, it's just like, it's just, he knows, he knows what gets me going and I know what gets him going. And then like my dad knows what everyone can do to each other. And I think like, the Jets are basically Allen's kryptonite. And as such, like it just, he's just, he's just three straight games. He's lost. I mean, he's, he's, he's struggled against them. And I think he's just frustrated by it. And then you saw him, he comes out against the Raiders, a bad defense. It just smokes him. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not overly worried about it. Um, I would All right, say give me your that, 30 seconds on the chiefs and we'll move on. Yeah. I think it's, it seems to be fine. Jacksonville's, it was really hot. It was like one o'clock. It's only one o'clock kickoff game for them. Um, swampy down there in, in, in Jacksonville. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the offense struggled a little bit, but they got Kelsey back. Chris Jones had some big plays. Jacksonville should have won. Like you said, move it back a little bit. They, they probably pulled off. Uh, but, you know, we can just pivot back to the Jets since we were talking about them anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go to, to Dallas, the Jerry Dome, the Jerry mm-hmm. Mahal. And uh, turns out Cowboys <laughs> might be pretty good with Mike McCarthy. Now, here's the thing. And I'll, I'll say this. So Tony Romo talked to Joe Musso after the he called the, the Jets game. Uh, and he made this point, and I thought it was a good one because I was watching, especially late, Zach Wilson throw interception after interception. I know he was sort of forcing it, doing it, and it felt like early on he refused to play inside the structure of the offense and like to get out on the perimeter and try to win with his legs and just wasn't working. Garrett Wilson seemed to be frustrated at times, even though he had a big touchdown catch. Uh, but Tony Rowan made this point, and it made me sort of step off the ledge, even though I'm not a Jets fan. He said, listen you have the pieces in place around Zach Wilson. Now you just have to find a way to get the most out of him. You have the defense, you have the playmakers, you have the running game. You can win that way. I mean, 2004, Big Ben won by just leaning on the run game and the defense. 2008, Joe Flacco, the same thing, his rookie season. And this is year two for Zach Wilson, but breach. Aaron Rodgers says he may come back. I I think that would be a, a miracle of sorts. Crazy talk. In the meantime, are you taking Tony Romo's advice and rolling with Zach Wilson and trying to win with him? Or are you still considering what's behind door number three, which is probably some old broken down quarterback that wouldn't stand a chance should he come to New York? Uh, I'm literally opening up opening up every door in the house. Okay. I don't care how right. old the door is. I don't care what it looks like. The Jets built a team that is a Super Bowl contender this year if they have the right quarterback. They are not a Super Bowl contender with Zach Wilson. So it's one of those things where you figure out where if you can upgrade. Look, we saw the news on Sunday morning. The Tom Brady ownership hasn't been approved yet. I call Tom Brady and I say, dude, bro, just tell me what you want. 
Woody Johnson will give you a blank check and you can make it out to TB12. You can give it to Alex Guerrero. <laughs> he can't do you, that. You can. Oh, I he mean, can't, he can't do it. Brinson, you can do whatever. Dude, you if want. Tom Brady, two weeks after, or like a week at, or like two weeks after getting his, like, like being announced, he's in the Patriots Ring of Honor and it's being waived and he joins the Jets. You do remember that Bill Belichick quit that job by fax and, after 48 hours. Robert Saul is going to watch that interview I with Romo. He's going to watch that interview with Romo and be like, is, is Romo trying to tell me he wants me to call him? That's how desperate Saul is. Me, go me RG3 is like still like every like Monday morning. <laughs> he's like, hey, just saying like some people. But yeah, Let's I would be at least. This, I'm sniffing around. You're one and one. The season's I'm, not. I'm, I'm calling the Vikings. Man. I'm calling the Vikings about Kirk Cousins. Let's okay. Let's start with just. It doesn't matter who it is, really. At this point, I, I think Romo makes some sense. Number one, Zach Wilson's the best option athletically. He knows the offense better. That may or may not matter in the way he's played. I don't know if you could say he improved from last week to this week. Certainly not. We haven't seen the improvement you want to see from a top five overall pick. But Brinson, I'll ask you. Okay, so you bring in Kirk Cousins. Say you bring in Tom Brady. Say you bring in Matt Ryan. Those guys are getting absolutely slaughtered behind that offensive line. That's the concern. So. What, where's the fix? Is that what I'm asking? Oh, well, so uh, here, uh, Brady, Brady, Quinn, Brady, Dues, and I talked about this on Tuesday. Uh, make sure and check out those shows, of course. Uh, and this is where I sort of fall. All right. You lost Aaron Rodgers for the season. In theory, you can come back for the playoffs. That's, that's outrageous to suggest you'd be back in January after a torn Achilles. Um, what is it? What would be, what's like the better? Because I think if you go sign Matt Ryan, no offense to our colleague, or Car- you get that, that clown Carson Wentz, or you trade, mm-hmm. even if you trade for Kirk Cousins, how many games are you winning? Because like by the time that that like actually like comes to fruition, and that quarterback that we're talking about in this, don't put that picture up, Debo. I see what you're doing behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, by the time that actually comes to fruition, I think that it would be you're going to be like five or six weeks in, right? Like it's like you're not going to yeah, like. You're not I gonna think sign- that's a real concern. Yeah, you're not going to sign Matt Ryan. He's like out there the next day. So you have the Patriots at home on Sunday, the Chiefs at home the week after that. You're at Denver, and then you have the Eagles at home. Then you have the Giants in that matchup, and then the Chargers at home. So, like, I, 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 what do you have after the Eagles game, though? Oh, you got your week five bye. Sorry. Yeah. You have your week oh. seven. Bye. Week seven. You let, Zach I, 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 Wilson, you let Zach Wilson play through week six, and then you plug in right. play your next quarterback during the week seven. One bye. mitigating but, but, concern, but, 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 though. But this, but this is what I'm saying is like, you got your week seven bye. Is if let's say you go two and two, best case scenario of the next four weeks with those defenses and like having to play in Denver. I mean, like I feel like one and three is pretty good for the Jets on those on those four weeks with the just the those matchups. Even if three of the games are at home, if you go one and three, and you're then two and four, do you at that point do you just kind of want to see what just give Zach Wilson the whole season and you can definitively make a call after the season and well, like I you think get a good that call. They made that call last summer, but I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying. And the other thing to keep in mind is that their draft picks are tied up in this Aaron Rodgers business. So it, but, they but, can't but, trade. Are they giving away a first-round pick next year, or is it they won't lose? They, they can't lose their first-round pick now. Yeah. And you can't trade a conditional pick. So you have to sort that out. So they have some things that concern themselves with. If you're talking about Kirk Cousins, for example, clearly you can sign Tom Brady, I think. I don't think he's still tied to the Broncos or to the um, Buccaneers. But, I mean, it, I, I think – Brinson's point is to go in just because the, if this were if he did it in May breach Aaron Rodgers towards Achilles okay we're having a conversation you're doing sort of what Rick Spielman had to do when Teddy Bridgewater got hurt in August you give up the farm for Sam Bradford but I don't know like now two weeks in and I think he comes in 
at week eight with whomever that is. And man, and then you're behind the bills and the dolphins anyway. And you've got to play the bills and the dolphins. You haven't even played the dolphins and you've got to play the bills again. And it's like, at that point, dude, just ride this thing out and you could potentially end up like, if Zach Wilson sucks that bad, you can end up getting Caleb Williams or Drake may. And then you have somebody behind Aaron Rodgers if he's able to play again, or you go get Marvin Harrison Jr. and you plug him in with Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. I, I, to me, I'd rather do I'd rather do that than like try to band-aid this thing and like figure out a way to get to like nine and eight and come in as a wild card and get sandblasted out of the playoffs. All right, Breach, we're at the halfway point, five down, six to go. I'll ask you a one-word answer, and then I'm gonna go back to, to Brenton for point number six. Would you trade Zach Wilson for Joe Burrow straight up? The answer is no. All right, on to number six. Here Before we go. you ask me that, I think we should take. I'll tell you what. Why don't coming up after the break, Ryan Wilson will ask me something next. There you go. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest Is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer. Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Uh, this all is where you right. ask me something since we're back for the break. All right. All right. Yes, sir. Let's do it. You've been driving the Sean Payton. will save Russ Wilson and the Denver Broncos bandwagon for quite some time now. Mm. Sean Payton, Russ Wilson, and the Denver Broncos are 0-2. And um, I don't know if Debo or Harry wrote this in the rundown, mm. the headline here. They almost salvaged it like they beat the 85 Bears. They beat the freaking Washington Commanders. Uh, they, they lost the Washington. In the undefeated but, Washington Commanders. But Sean Payton, uh, the project is off to a slower start than expected. That's it. That's the kind of way of putting it. Um, I think. Instance, I think. I think. Harry, give me your defense of Sean Payton and Russ Wilson's progress. Quotation marks. I, I don't know how much of this game you watched, Wilson, um, or Breach. I I call it like a decent bit of it. Um, Russell Wilson was cooking. He was he was slinging the ball, getting it downfield. It felt like pre-Russ injury. Like pushing the ball down the field, okay, they hit Marvin Mims for a deep touchdown. He was making some good throws. He was doing some good stuff. I was really impressed with it. Uh, you know, he ended, he ended the game uh, going uh, eighteen to thirty-two, which is not fantastic. Three hundred eight yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. Marvin Mims is the only guy over a hundred yards with one hundred thirteen that that long sixty-yard touchdown. Um, Russ was their leading rusher, which is a problem. And Sam Howell hung thirty-five points on you, like. I think the defense. Other than that, how was the play? How was the play? Yeah, I mean, to me, like I I think. Remember, we had this long stretch, three-year stretch, where the Saints went seven and nine every year. Drew Brees was like breaking every offensive passing record on on planet Earth, but they just didn't have a very good defense. So, like, I think that maybe we're at that spot with the Broncos now. The Broncos have a great defense. What do you What do you mean? 
Is it great? They weren't great today. They were not great today. But last year, they were one of the best defenses. So, I I mean, did they just forget how to play football? Like, I'm just wondering what happened to the – I get it, but, I mean, you're paying Russ Wilson – Top five money, or where top ten now, wherever he is. In the I league. mean, Russell, Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson played the way he played today for the first three quarters today, he would be considered a top ten quarterback. If he played okay. like that all the time, he played. Fair really, enough, he played, but he, he, played really he doesn't play like that all the time. So well, I'll but, just ask. But that's what I'm saying. Like we're the, we we don't know if if this if this is a case of Russell is kind of rounding into form with Sean Payton, I think it's a tough question to answer. I don't think we can definitively say yes or no, because like if it is coming together and he starts to put together full games like that, then the Broncos are going to be a problem. Now, look, if you give up 35 points to Sam Howell, you're, you're, you're going to lose the game. You're not going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, bro, Breach, I'll ask you. First two games of Bronco head coach Nathaniel Hackett was one and one. Whoever made this graphic, shout out to that person, Debo and or Harry. Sean Payton is 0-2. And, and Brenton, you sort of touched on it. Maybe the Chargers is the job that Sean Payton wanted. I don't know if that would have been much better. Breach. Russ Wilson, uh, the 18-point lead that the Broncos blew, blew they're, they're hanging out on him. The research department is largest blown lead in any game of his career. 17th game where he's had six plus sacks. Uh, that ties Randall Cunningham for the most all time. Have you seen he, enough to know? He averaged, he, averaged gonna... ni- he, he averaged 19.3 yards per pass in the first half. Well, I, I, here's my favorite stat from this game. Sean Payton is the first head coach since 1933 to lose each of his first two games with a new team by two points <laughs> or less. That, is a that, that doesn't happen. It does not happen. And it, I mean, this situation is just so weird because Week one, the offense was more of the problem. The defense did everything they could to put that team in a position to win, and the offense couldn't do it. And then this week, the defense was more of the problem, although the offense seemed to struggle and slow down a little bit in the second half. There was that crazy interception that got reviewed. Uh, that was by a weird Russell. call. Very weird call. Uh, I mean, it ended up not mattering because I think Joey Sly missed a field goal on that, that following possession. Bad. But it was just, I mean, it was like Brinson said, like Wilson showed flashes, but then he sh- also showed flashes of being last year's Russell Wilson. So it's like, who do you get? And obviously there was the Hail Mary, and that was one of the craziest plays. And I still can't believe that they did not throw a pass interference flag on the two-point conversion. Imagine having all that drama of a Hail Mary and not throwing the flag. But I do feel better about the Broncos right now than I did after week two last year. So if that's the answer to your question. <laughs> Jeez, a pizza. What a low bar. They're not, basically, you're saying they're still not going to the playoffs. Am I hearing that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, it seems unlikely. But again, like, let, I mean, like, let's look at the AFC as a whole. And, and we'll, we'll shift focus in a minute to the NFC. But Miami's 2-0. The Jets are 1-1. But I mean, like, I mean, come on. Um, the Bills are 1-1. Pats are 0-2. So, like, you feel like two teams – I, I feel like Dolphins and Bills, you feel like, are coming out of that division and probably get in the playoffs. Patriots need to do something get real hot. Ravens at 2-0, you feel like uh, they're going to get there. We have to see with the uh, Steelers and the Browns on Monday night. Uh, the Bengals – I think two teams from that division, too. Jaguars, Colts, Titans all 1-1, and Texans 0-2. To me, this feels like we've seen enough where there's going to be one team out of the South. Might be the Titans – might be the Jaguars. I think it's either one of those two teams. And then in the in the West, the Chiefs are one and one. The Raiders are one and one. And the Broncos and the Chargers are 0 and two. Like the West might be a one 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 playoff team division, which would throw 
it, like if the you know what I'm saying like like right now it would be where you think the Chiefs. I thought you were saying all this to make an argument that the Broncos were going to make the playoffs, but now it seems like you're not. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> no, what I'm saying that like right now, if you were picking the AFC West, you would be picking one team. So you would have one team from the West, one from the South, two from the North, and two from the East, right? So that's six. So there's just basically what I'm saying is the Aaron Rodgers injury and Brandon Staley sucking have vacated a, a playoff spot where one of these zero and two teams can sneak in. Yeah, it's early. We'll see. But, I mean, I don't feel – we said it earlier. The, the Patriots are the best one-two team in the AFC. We'll see if that changes in the coming weeks, if any of these teams can win a game. All right, let's not talk about an 0-2 team. Let's move to a team that is not 0-2, unless you're looking in the mirror, Breach. That means they're 2-0. All right, Brenson. Coming into the week, I had Brock Purdy as my second-best quarterback in the NFC. I'll have to revisit those rankings after this week's uh, Sunday's performances. Uh, but a little fun fact, and then you can go on a rant about how good the 49ers are, even though they're terrible at personnel decisions. The NFC is 6-0 the, the against the AFC? No. Even funner. Really? Making up words here. So, More Breach, fun? this is the first time in the history of the universe, going back to the Big Bang, where the first overall pick at quarterback faced off against Mr. Irrelevant in a football game. Go ahead. Oh, that's that's cool. a crazy fact. I love it. All right, tell me. I mean, but think, unless you believe in multiverses, then it could have happened. Who's that, who's that number one overall pick? Was it my what? guy? What? NFL Jam T-shirt. Look, uh, I, here's what I'll say about the 49ers and Rams. I think that the 49ers are maybe the best team in football right now. Brock Purdy was a question mark this offseason because of his injury, and we had the Trey Lance thing, and Sam Donald still was there. We just didn't know what the quarterback thing was. We know their roster is really, really good, super strong on the defensive side of the ball. Insane weapons. Great offensive line. Just a question. Was Brock Purdy going to be healthy? Was Trey Lance going to get involved? Was Sam Darnold going to be forced into the starting lineup? Through two games, Brock Purdy's been really good. And if, and if, if it's not like, you know, he's not like like top, you know, he's not like top five quarterback or anything good, but he's 17 to 25 for 208 he, yards. He, he, did he was he, dealing against the Steelers. That's all oh, I'm yeah, he's crushing the Steelers. Yeah, that's, that's Pat P's fault. Christian McCaffrey is a monster. 20 carries, 116 yards, had a superb touchdown run, as well as a 51-yard uh, carry. Debo Samuel uh, routinely destroys the Rams, as does really Kyle Shanahan. He's won nine straight regular season games against uh, uh, Sean McVay and the Rams. The only loss they had in that span was in the NFC Championship game in, uh, in 2021. Um, I think the 49ers are probably the best team in football right now. If you, if 40, I think if you were repicking a Super Bowl right now, you'd go to like 49ers-Dolphins. 49ers well, are plus three. Go ahead. Yeah. And like, I don't, so on the Rams side of things, I think the Rams are a playoff team. And I think the Rams have looked really good. I think Matthew Stafford has looked awesome the first two weeks of the season. Uh, Kyron Williams ran the ball well. Uh, Puka Nakua, 15 catches on 20 targets for 147 yards. Like this offense has looked good without Cooper Cup. And Aaron Donald, is you know, he wasn't a huge factor on Sunday. I think the 49ers just have the Rams number. They're probably going to win the division, but the Rams look like a really good football team that can get involved in the playoffs and has like, you know, this quarterback who's gotten hot in the playoffs before. So um, that's sort of where I stand with the 49ers and the Rams. I think both these teams can go to the playoffs, um, give the Rams, give the 49ers all the credit in the world, but the Rams to me do look like a team that's back. So Breach, let, let's talk about the, the top of the NFC. 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys. My Lions were in the mix until they lost that game to Eugene Cyril Smith III at home in Detroit. Of the 49ers, Philly, and Dallas, all 2-0, all who've won in different ways, 49ers probably look the best. Who do you like the most long-term? 
Well, I am the break bot, <laughs> and that I is. picked the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. All right. This year. But if I had to pick right now, based on what I've seen after two weeks, yeah, I think the 49ers are probably the best team in the NFC. And I'd put the Cowboys in the second spot and the Eagles in the third spot. I mean, the Cowboys defense has just been so dominating that their offense almost doesn't have to show up. The defense just wins the games on its own. So, Let me ask you this. Let's do this real quick. So well, I, I would actually, I, I was going to say, I'll just push back on that a little bit because not, hold on, let, let me go through this real quick. Let's do this okay. real quick. 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Brinson, I'll come to you first. Rank the defenses. They're all top three defenses. Rank them. Yes. We rank the, these three defenses. Yeah. How would you? Wait, wait, the 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles. Yeah. How would you rank them? This year. Um, Only yeah, right now. They're two weeks. I'm going to go 49ers 1A, Cowboys 1B, Eagles 3. And, and right, I Breach, say, you do, go, let Breach do the same. Go ahead, Breach. How do you rank these defenses? Uh, through two weeks of what I've seen with my own yeah. two eyes, I am going Cowboys 1, 49ers ooh, ooh. 2, Eagles 3. All right. Let me do one more thing real quick. Breach, uh, Brinson, excuse me. Rank the quarterbacks. Um, Just this season, right? Yeah. Two, two weeks. Two weeks. I think you – Okay, so this is this will be my point about the Cowboys. I thought week one, we talked about this. We didn't learn anything about a Cowboys offense. We learned everything about the Cowboys defense. And they like the Cowboys offense just didn't get involved with that Giants game. I thought we learned a lot about the Cowboys offense against a very good Jets defense. They look yeah. balanced. They're willing to feed CD Lamb as the alpha receiver. They're willing to give Tony Pollard a bunch of carries, and Dak played well. So through two weeks of the season, yeah, I will take Dak one. Oh Brock gosh. Purdy two and Jalen Hurts three. Breach the same. Um, you know, if this was just overall last two, it's seasons, a simple question. <laughs> Jalen Hurts would be one, but through two no, weeks, through the two have, weeks, not, not like. Yes, let me finish my statement, please. Uh, yes, through these two weeks of the 2023 yeah. season, I think Brock Purdy, yeah, is one. Then Dak, right. and then Jalen. Okay. Breach, Colin Hurts. So here's what the, the wins over Wilson back of the envelope calculation comes up with 49ers and Cowboys are one and one a, and everyone consensus is the Eagles are in last place. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Debo. So, okay. So oh, wait, back and to you. Oh, go ahead. On fact real quick. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, Cowboys are just the fifth team in 57 years to score at least seven points and give up 10 or fewer points through the first two weeks of the season. All right, here's the the tiebreaker, okay? And Brent's will come to you first. Yeah. Love tiebreakers. Rank the, tiebreaker? the coaching staffs. Rank the coaching staffs. Oh, uh, I mean, 49ers one. Uh-huh. I'm actually going to go Cowboys two and Eagles three. This guy I think, I been, think Mike McCarthy. I think, I think there's breach. a chance that Mike McCarthy. People are McCarthy, sleeping on Mike McCarthy. Say it, Brenton. They're sleeping I, on him. Go to sleep. I think from a fantasy standpoint, too, like, Remember when, like, when Mike McCarthy was running the offense in in Green Bay, they would have a like he would condense targets and condense touches onto one running back and one wide receiver, and you saw that with Ceedee Lamb today. Um, so I, I think I think this would be good for fantasy for Mike, Mike McCarthy will be. And when we say this about the Eagles, it's not like, like we think the Eagles stink. It's just that that's what I'm hearing. No, it's just that through two weeks, it feels like the Eagles could really easily be zero and two. And they sort of got some lucky breaks via vis-a-vis turnovers that they shouldn't have gotten. Like it wasn't like incredible defensive plays that, that got turnovers. It was like 
the Patriots and the Vikings kind of peed down their legs and gave the Eagles the ball a bunch. And so, yeah, like that's probably going to change. You know, the Raiders are leading the AFC West right now. I don't think that's going right. to be. Yes. No, go ahead. I just, like, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't think that the Eagles are going to be the third best team in the NFC at the end of the year. I would. I still think I think San Francisco won Philly two Dallas three, but man, I mean, Dallas looks really complete across the board. And I don't think that they'll win a, a Super Bowl, but I do think that this is a team Great that is going to that is going to be competing for the number one seed. I think they'll win the division. So actually, I guess I think they're the two. All right, Breach, quickly rank the coaches. I have one more question, and we'll move on. Yeah, 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles. That's how I'm going. Wow. I mean, the Eagles lost both coordinators. I can't put that coaching staff. Am I ranking just the head coaches or the whole coaching yeah, staff? Yeah, that's, that's fine. You don't know all the coaches. No one does. Yeah, it's 49ers. Even the coaches don't. 49ers, Cowboys, okay, so Eagles. Knowing those final tallies, uh, the 49ers are number one, Cowboys are number two, and the, the Eagles are a distant third. So uh, quickly, 30 seconds or less, Brinson. The Lions lost. I still love them. But the Bucks, Falcons, and Commanders are all 2-0. and oh. Any conversation about those teams? Yeah, I mean, I mean, making in terms of making noise and being competitive at the top of the, the conference. Well, remember, like Pete Prisco picked the the Commanders to um to he make did. the playoffs. A lot of people, he a lot did. of people, sort of thought the Commanders would. I, I so you said Atlanta too, right? Yep, Bucks, Falcons. Baker, I mean, what, one of my bold, one of my bold predictions, as you fools may recall, since you were on the podcast, I said the Falcons would have the most wins in the NFL. Yeah, that's bold, and they do right now. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think the Falcons are. I think the Falcons' defense is much improved. They were down and were trailing, and Desmond Ritter sort of like. They, I'm telling you, man, this is just Tennessee light. This is like it is a poor man's Tennessee Titans. That's what they want to be. They that's what Arthur Smith kind of patched together. They don't care about. They don't care how much they throw. They don't care how much like how they win. They're just trying to find these wins. Bijan had 19 carries for 124 yards, six and a half per pop. Uh, Alizier had 16, and Desmond Ritter ran the ball 10 times and had a touchdown. 19 to 32 for a touchdown and a pick. Drake London got involved. Kyle Pitts was kind of non-existent. They're, it's not going to be pretty. They're going to scrap and claw, and they're just going to sort of, I think, find a way to win a bunch of games because they have a soft schedule. Tampa Bay looks – Mike Evans looks locked in like he wants to get paid. Baker is playing pretty good football, and the Bucks' defense is not bad. Um, the Bucs have also played a Vikings team that loves to choke and is due for some regression, and, and the Bears, who are, who are friggin' terrible. Um and then, All right, uh, look, Commanders, dude, the, the Commanders, command, Sam Howell's good. The Commanders can make a playoff run. You went Sam over Howell. by seven minutes, uh, Wilson's request <laughs> of 30 seconds or less. I kept, Sam I kept time on my watch. I know, but I was, I was ma- I'm making sure Wilson doesn't finish under the allotted time slot. Sam Howell was my QB2 breach. So that was point seven. Three more to go. Let's go on to point eight. Breach, I'll come to you. Um, and you have between 30 seconds and seven minutes. It's up to you. Yes. Brenton mentioned the Bears. The Bears. And pardon my French, they suck. And I was of the opinion that Matt Canada was the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. Luke Getze would like a word. I went back and watched last week's game against the Packers, and there is no hope for Justin Fields. It is not all on Justin Fields. That team is bereft of talent. Chase Claypool doesn't want looks like he doesn't want to play football, even though he had a touchdown on Sunday. They finally got DJ Moore the ball on Sunday, which was a nice change after only two targets last week. So, Breach, I'll come to you. They're going to – it feels like yes. the way Justin Fields has been treated, being treated. If they, again, have the first overall pick in back-to-back years, it feels like Justin Fields will be Trey Lanced. Do you have that same opinion? Is there any salvation for him or this coaching staff? Tell me what you think. 
Well, I think one thing we mentioned last week after they lost was the fact that Justin Fields probably just needs a fresh start. I don't, he might be a bust. He might not be, he is not going to be successful in Chicago with this coaching staff. I mean, that's just Correct. what it feels like. You look at his first three years, and I don't know why everyone, I think, had the Bears winning four games and finishing in last place. And Under. why remember, everyone, remember when Justin Fields got steamed to 20 to one to be MVP? <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, everybody was jumping on the Bears bandwagon. Thing. We have two years of, you know, of proof of what Justin Fields has done. He's never got to play with a very talented roster, so that's definitely part of it. But look, it's a guy who threw t- 10 interceptions in 10 games his rookie year, which fine, it's your rookie year, throw 11 interceptions in 15 games uh, last year. But he, he runs the ball well, but they're even trying to take that away from him, make him more of a passer. And, and we're two weeks in the season. He's already thrown two pick sixes. He's thrown a pick six each <laughs> week. That's literally the last thing you ever want to do as a quarterback. So I don't think if you're the Bears, you either need a new head coach or a new quarterback next season. And whatever the front office, whatever way you go, uh, I don't care. Just I don't think that it's going to work with him and his coaching staff. So either Justin Fields go somewhere else or bring so- a new staff in or so through the first five games of the season last year, Justin Fields was averaging 38.8 rushing yards per game. He was not running a bunch. He had, he had 12, he had 12 carries in the, he had 11 carries in the first game, eight, eight, seven, and eight. A lot of those were not like design carries. Most of them were not. And then the bears were like, Oh my goodness. Our team sucks. We're not very good at football. We need to let Justin Fields run and create some design carries. 12 carries, 14, eight, 15, 13, 18. Then he gets hurt. and doesn't play. Six, 15, seven, and 10. They ran him like crazy. They changed the offense and were like, let's let Justin run. And they won one game the rest of the year. Like, this team is bad. And I don't know why people thought they would be good. And Justin Fields is probably going to be, if they finish with a top five pick, he's probably going to be, He's they probably will. He's probably going to be on. Like, we see that. I think this is Christian Prosser's mock draft. He is uh, the Bears taking Drake May, who going back to the Carolina quarterback. Well, Chicago, good luck. Um, with you know, with a fourth overall pick, like I think it is very, very likely if this thing or this is Josh Edwards, I'm sorry, not Chris Chapasso. Uh right. if if this if the I think it's very, very likely that if the, the Bears finish with the top five or top three pick, that in or in the same way that you fire a coach to get the heat off your back, the coaching staff in front office will dump fields and draft somebody else and blame it on Ryan Pace. And uh, Matt Nagy, and say they're the ones who got fields. We he's just not. A, he's just not the guy. Ryan, not Ryan Pace. Ryan, uh, who was the previous? Ryan Pace, who's the old the, GM. It's Ryan Poles and Matty. Poles, right? I always get the RPs. So a couple things. Um, Josh Edwards mock, as you mentioned, and actually we talked to Josh on the with the first pick podcast. You can check that out if you want to hear the whole entire mock. Rick Spielman golf and him about that. The other thing, Breach, I'll ask you this quickly, because the 2017 draft was Trubisky instead of everyone else that was available, including Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick Mahomes is on that team, Patrick Mahomes is probably out of the league by now. So drafting anyone, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or otherwise, does that fix it? I know. It's, it's the coaching staff. Like, if you put a new quarterback on this coach with the same exact coaching staff, they're still not going. The Chicago's a black hole for quarterbacks for whatever yeah, reason. Really I mean, receivers. <laughs> I mean, we all saw the stat on Thursday night that Justin Jefferson has more career yards than any Bears receiver. And uh, Justin Jefferson has barely been in the league for what? He's been in the league for three, three, four, five, three. And the Bears have existed for 100. So it's just bonkers to think about how bad 
just the Bears are at throwing the ball. It doesn't seem possible. The law of averages would eventually go in their favor. It has not. So I I, I don't know. Maybe just tear it down and start over. You just say, hey, you know what? We're going to build a new stadium, and let's just have a brand new team. Let's retire the Bears. You know know that DJ Moore has has more receiving yards than the all-time Bears leader, too. Like, like DJ Moore is 5,266 receiving yards. The all-time leader for the Bears is Johnny Morris, who played from 1958 to 1967 with 5,059. Like, DJ Moore has more receiving yards in, 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 like, in his career than any other Bears receiver. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad story, and uh, I'm glad I'm not Joe Musso, Matt Snyder, Tom Pernelli. Oh, wow. Well, speaking of, just one more dunk on the Bears. Number two, can you, do, can you name the number two person on this Bears all-time receiving yards list? I think when number two play? is fitting, but I don't know who it is. When when did he play? Yeah, nineteen fifty four to nineteen sixty one. Dick LeBeau, mm. Harlan Hill. Oh, I was going to guess him. Number three is Alshon Jeffrey. Number four is Walter Payton. Five is Mike Dicka. Six is Curtis Conway. Seven is right. Matt Forte. Eight is Marty Booker. I mean, this is it's unbelievable. All right, eight down. Two more to go. Concerning omens in Indy, Brinson. This is one of the reasons they were concerned about AR5. Anthony Richardson, 6'4, 244, ran in the four fours, and he treats his body like you treat your body on a Saturday night. Hit the button. Yeah, I've, let, I've, let, I've, let me I've, just give you a little more filler here. So he got a concussion, scored, he scored two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He will run people over, but you mentioned RG3 earlier. Different body types, but that's why RG3 is out of the league because he couldn't quit taking hits. Whereas Russ, as much as we give him a hard time recently, he knows how to avoid getting hit. How do you fix that? Because Shane Steichen feels like he has AR5 dialed in in much the same way he had Jalen dialed in. So I like I think Richardson has looked awesome, and he has been a fantastic fantasy quarterback so far when he has been on the field. He had that left knee injury in week one, rushing on a running play. He, they Josh Allen, kept- defensive end, jacked him up. Right. They said he could have kept playing if he needed to if the game was in the balance. Week two, he scores a rushing touchdown, um, suffers a concussion, and then plays two more series, which not great for the team that ruined Andrew Luck's career, uh, you know, but by virtue of like all these injuries. Uh, my concern is that, and I, the Russ Wilson thing, I agree with completely. I, the one I, I read about this, and it was like, I think with like Jalen Hurts, right? That's Steichen's, Shane Steichen's old quarterback. Jalen Hurts is, is a, what a scout or somebody told you, Wilson. Is was the best running back in the Big Twelve. He's yeah, smaller in a good way. He, yeah, he's he's like thick as hell. He squats massive amounts of weight, and he's he. But he's AR is Anthony Richardson is like is like a leaner Cam Newton. And no, he's bigger. They're similar. Like we were at his maybe, pro day, and he, he is thick. Well, he's it's thick. Like, but I've seen like Jalen Hurts is really good at running. Knows how to he's avoid the contact. And he still got hurt. And it feels like Jalen Richardson is closer to the ground. I'll give you that. I'm just, I'm just, Richardson has two reasonably serious injuries in his first two games of his pro career. That's a concern moving forward because it, it, you, you just can't have that happen. I will say this, though, Breach. He has outplayed the other two rookies. We haven't seen Bryce Young yet. He'll play on Monday night. CJ was his opponent. CJ Stroud was his opponent in this game. And, and CJ looked out of sorts at times. I'm not really concerned about that because that team. Houston isn't very good, but I think D'Amico Ryan's is a good coach. But Anthony Richardson, 13 starts, uh, beating that horse into the that dead horse into the ground in college, and he looks like he has the highest ceiling. But you have to be able to understand that you have to get out of bounds. So, is there an easy fix? Is there a solution? Uh, the Bengals don't have any history of sort of athletic quarterbacks in recent memory, so 
you haven't necessarily had to concern yourself with that, but this guy has the makings of being someone special, but it doesn't matter if he can't play. No, I mean, but you see it with athletic. I mean, like we saw RG3 running around, get injured. It's just yeah. one of those things is it's just, it's it, and I feel like it's with rookies, period, yeah. uh, especially at quarterback where you're just kind of trying to be Superman and you're not worried about sliding because you think you're invincible and you can take hits. And you hit a couple times, you're like, oh, yeah, these guys are uh, 10 times stronger and bigger than what I dealt with in college. And I should probably start sliding. Uh, so I do think that and Andrew Luck, like, you know, we were talking about his injury. He had the same issue. He just wouldn't go down. He would just run into people and take those hits. And you cannot do that. Your body will not do that. So I think the coaching staff <laughs> will kind of just put it in his head that, hey, Anthony, you have to slip or you are going to be in this NFL for five years. But, but why, why Why are they going to do it? Like, they, like Jalen Hurts didn't play the last what, two. He, played, he, only, he came back in week 18, but missed week 16 and 17, right? No, it's just about like the- going out of bounds instead of getting one extra yard and and taking a hit or sliding instead of getting one extra. You know, if you're going for a first down, that's one thing. But in the grand scheme right. of things, you would rather go down or go out of bounds than take a, a, a hard hit from a middle linebacker. I don't know if yeah, uh, sure. people. I don't know if you're near a mic or not, but it feels like Jalen Hurts was pretty good at least last year about not getting RG three. Like he got out of bounds much more efficiently than certainly Anthony Richardson has done. You agree with that? If you're there, yeah, it was it was the one mistake he made versus the Bears last year where he didn't protect himself and it ended up costing him. This year, he's he's extra protective. He's a little indecisive and but not indecisive when it's time to go down on a on a designed run. So uh, yeah, I I applaud him for what he's you know after watching Mike Vick a decade ago, it's yeah. entirely different. Um, one more sort of. Philly-related indie question. Do, do the Eagles miss Shane Steichen? So far, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he sounds sad, Breach. <laughs> no, I heard it. I heard it in his voice. Hey, come back to Philly, please. Yeah, shut up. All right. So, obviously something to worry about in terms of the injuries. Very excited if you're a Colts fan and AR5 can stay on the field. But so far, that's been tough sledding through two games into his career. All right. Nine Sorry, per my contract, I'm not allowed to hear Debo talk, so I believe. I get it. I Fair. Get it. We're on to point 10. We're on to Cincinnati. That means we're on to the end of the podcast. And what better That's... place to start than at the bottom, coming into this week, the New York football giants got housed 40 to nothing last week on national television. It was so bad that we quit watching to do the podcast. This week, they got Josh Dobbs 20. They were down 60 to nothing to start the season. <laughs> and somehow found a way to beat the aerospace engineer <laughs> and the Arizona Cardinals, Josh Dobbs. Brinson, I'll, I'll say this. It feels like the Bears have quit on the season. And maybe they haven't, but it just feels that the way on the outside. The, 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 no, the, the Bears. Okay. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back around. But it it was hard to figure out why the Giants weren't doing what Brian Dable told them to do last year when they were so successful with fewer playmakers. But it Seems like they put it all together. The first game, offense no-showed. The first half of this game against the Cardinals, the defense was nowhere to be found. And then it all came together. They came back for the win. I haven't seen news yet on Saquon, but the, he looked like a lower body injury. We'll see how that works out. Fingers crossed. It's an it's feel... a, it's a ankle. It's a right ankle sprain, I believe. And the plan oh, good. is to... That's better than the ACL. Good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, no, um, it's not an ACL. It's, it's, I think it's a right ankle sprain. The plan is to have an um, MRI in the morning. I oh, believe. great. 
So let me ask you this. Do you feel better? <laughs> a win's a win. Do you feel better about the, the Giants, not just because they're one and one, but, but about the way they rallied, the way they came back, and their ability now to compete in that division? Uh, no. But really? Okay, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> I look, it was, it was, a, I think that it was a, um, I think that that second half was like needed from a, so like uh, Kevin Stimel, our, our NFL editor is a big Giants fan. Um, you know, we know lots of Giants fans and it was like, man, oh boy, this is gonna be awkward to even like talk about the Giants and like how they just got blown out by the Cardinals after being like, lost, losing 40 to nothing to the Cowboys in week one and Giants fans are gonna have to complain. You're gonna be like, no, 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 it's fine. Like everything's fine. Like it's because I always make that comp with the Bills from 2017 to 2018 but then you're like, well, yes, but the Bills drafted Josh Allen and the Giants signed Daniel Dimes instead. They're 23 to 1 to win this division. I think that I, I think it was like a I think it's a possible a bit of a like a slingshot motivationally um, or momentum wise to possibly like play better over the next few weeks. But I still think this Giants team is probably like a sub 500 team breach. Oh, yeah. What do you think, breach? I was just going to say it blows my mind that the Arizona Cardinals, who we everyone seemed to agree was the worst team in football, could be two and zero. I mean, they literally led Washington in the fourth quarter last week, and they absolutely blew this game. So it's hard to like. I don't, you know, like the Giants won this game, which is great for them because they would have been the laughing stock of the NFL if they lost to Arizona. So good that they won but like i don't know what i learned about them besides that like hey you beat a bad team so uh, they're not owing two you learn that i mean i mean the giants defense got just you know james connor's out there running for over 100 yards josh dobbs is running around it's just amazing how much they struggled with an offense that has zero weapons so it's like but again is the uh, defense the problem is the offense the problem it just seems like the problems are compounding in New York, and they play San Francisco, I think, in week three. It's just I have no idea how they could possibly match up with them in yeah, no, that fair. game on short yeah. notice. It's because I think it's a Thursday night game, so it's just the giant, the Giants, right? Yeah, the San Francisco, that line should be like thirteen. Be if you're uh, listening eight? to the audio version, no eighty. Oh yeah, I was like, I think eight it's zero. more than eight. Adam Schefter confirms Will Brunson's previous report that Saquon indeed had an ankle injury. You can do an MRI on Monday. It's an ordinary sprain, one source told Schefter. So that's great news. I thought it was his knee again, his reconstructed ACL. So fantastic news there. They can get him back at some point. I'm a little more bullish on the the Giants. You guys are really down on them. Brian Dable solved a lot of problems. Brian Dable's a great coach. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what happened over the first six quarters where that team said, we're going to do exactly what Joe Judge would do for the first game and a half of football. And they finally snapped out of it. And I think there's some encouraging signs. Now look again, to breach his point, you beat the Cardinals, big deal. That team is trying to get Caleb Williams. They can't even do that properly, but they're not Owen two. And as you know, Mike Tomlin likes to say, style points don't matter. So they're one and one they're in the mix. They're going to get the doors blown off probably next week. And we'll re- reconvene. What does wins over Wilson have? The, I know what the line is. What do you have the line for giants 49ers? Where is it? It's in San Francisco on Thursday nights. Oh, that's, I would say minus eight and a half. Ten. Yeah, I wanted to say nine and a half. That sounded too I think, ten's, that, I think ten's too short, man. The Niners might just obliterate. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I get it. All right, so both of you guys think the Jets, uh, the Giants are a no-go on the playoffs. 
I think I think I think the Giants were you know Minnesota went eleven and zero in one score games last year. The Giants had a great one score record as well. They were kind of a luck box. I think Dable coached up a a roster that had been deteriorating for years under Dave Gettleman. Brian Dable coached it up, and they were better than the the personnel they had. And as such, they overachieved. And so the it's one of those. It's like the it's the unfortunate nature of like you go nine and eight and make the playoffs and win a playoff game, and everyone's saying oh. Well, just go do that, but better because, you know, you grow exponentially as a football team each year, but that's not how it works. There's injuries, there's regression, you know, all kinds of different stuff in a short sample size game. And so I think it's more likely they go like, I don't know, six and 11, seven and 10. And to me, the big thing is, does Daniel Jones look like, he, do, do you come away from this season not regretting the Daniel Jones contract? Well, Britton, that's, what you're saying is that they're a victim of their own success, that they right, were so yeah. good last year, yep. too good too soon, and the expectations shot through the roof, and there's no way they can live up to those. Right. It's like, like, but wouldn't you rather go 7 and 10, and you're like, okay, we feel okay about the Daniel Jones contract, versus you go 9 and 8, make the playoffs, you're like, oh, we don't really know if we should have signed him that deal. I don't know. I thought I thought he looked pretty good last year with Brian Dable, but again, he's got to sort some things out. All right, before we get out of here, I'll make this up on the spot here. Uh, John, who is your breach VP for the week? Anything, anybody, any mascot? Your call. Uh, my breach VP. I'm guessing that means they played well. Sure. No, that means that they 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 killed the most cats. <laughs> it is the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Trailing Why? 24 to 12 in the fourth quarter. They came back, yeah. outscored the Packers 13-0. Very, you know, when you think of the Falcons, you think fourth quarter collapse. You think 28 to 3. You never think of great comeback, but they did it. Brinson, your Falcons are 2-0. All right, Brinson VP. I told you that the Falcons were going to win a bunch of games and be really good this year. And they are. They're your baby Titans breach. You lived in Atlanta, you lived in Nashville. Bikes. They're the Bitons, exactly. Um, by the way, somebody says uh, you guys are dumb AF besides the bald guy. Shout out sure. to bald guys everywhere. All right, Brinson yeah. VP, who is? That's, that sounds is. like that's your wife in the chat is what that is. Thanks, honey. Um, I'll tell you, you know, my Brinson VP is. Let me make sure I'm not missing somebody before I put this one in. Do you want to give me mine while you do yours? No, 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 because no, I got mine. I don't want you to steal mine because I think you will. There's no way I'm stealing yours. You're not going to. Because mine is, mine. mine is. Eugene Cyril Smith the oh, third. Put some respect on this guy's full name. 32 of 41, 328 yards, two touchdowns, including a walk-off touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett in overtime to beat the Lions on the road after the Seahawks got embarrassed by the Rams in week one. And people were like, whoa, do we need to hit the panic button on the Seahawks? Missing both his left tackle and his right tackle. Going to the game as a five and a half point dog. They win anyway. And now you feel like if you're the Seahawks, you know, you lose. Like, you probably thought you were going to lose this game. Probably thought you are going to beat the Rams. So now you feel like everything's even Steven, and you're good to go here. You just got to keep stacking wins. And, look, man, Geno Smith, the Geno Smith resurgence is one of my favorite storylines of the last, like, I don't know, 24 months. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great story. We wrote him off. He didn't write back. All right, the Wilson MVP brought to you by Wins Over Wilson. Baker Mayfield, that's all I got. 2-0, and o, that's all you need to know. That's it. This edition of Sunday Night Super Friends is do you think, a wrap. Do you, think, do you think Josh Allen should get consideration for the for the Wilson MVP? Not actually, you know, actually, you know what? I, don't, I can't drag this out another two minutes. So go to wrap. It, so. But don't worry. We'll see you back here in approximately 168 hours. Breach, start the clock. In the meantime, you can check out the Big Six Podcast all week 
on YouTube and NFL on CBS, wherever you get your audio podcast. All right. Thanks to all you guys who hung out with us tonight. We appreciate you for Willie Bear. Making up names here in the Breach Data. Cat. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.